Welcome to uh, the second episode of the new season of Out of Character. Today we're going to be talking about sort of uh, you know GM tips, things we've learned from GMing games. Jupiter has a lot more experience. I have a lot less, so I've I've got that neophyte energy. You know, she's got the old hand energy. Oh. And, and we'll no, it's it's the hand, just the hands. Everything else is fine. Just the hands are. Uh, cool. yeah. <laughs> Mm, my old hands. Okay, come on. Yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's the word. People are in the grave. Yeah. So we're going to talk about various uh, aspects of GMing. Hopefully, we can provide some information and some and some of that real talk. You know that we're we're all known for, and can help uh-huh. you maybe dip your toe in, improve your game, or as maybe somebody like Vance brought up in in the chat. Which, if you're not in the chat, you can get in the chat. You're like the only one not in the chat right now. If you're not in the chat. You know, like how do you get your players who are on game one, which let's be honest, by five E, onto game two? You want you want them to play Shadowrun. You know, you want them to get weird and play microscope or something. You know, how do we how do we accomplish this goal? That's some things that we'll be talking about. Jupe, you have any Well I, you uh you posed a question earlier uh today on again on the Discord on the server, which if you're not on the Discord, you and some other people are not on the Discord. You posed a question, do you remember your first time GMing? Did you learn anything from it? So I had to hearken back to the long days of yore, apparently, because I'm old, and <laughs> thought back to the very first time I GM'd a game. I had never GM'd before. I had always been a player at the table. I never GM'd before. I wanted to try it because, to be honest, I thought I could do better than the other people that I was at the table with. They did good, but I just thought, I think I could do better. I think I could add more to it. And so I said, all right, well, what's the easiest what's the easiest system to jump into? And my friend said, Call of Cthulhu. Super easy. Okay. And so he co, co-GM'd a game with me. He was just kind of there if I had questions. But he let me, like, do it all. And he helped me work through the mechanics when stuff came up. There were just two players at the game. And it's Call of Cthulhu, which is a horror RPG game. And in in this scenario that I was running, it described the players hearing a knock. And I don't know what made me do it, but I had my hand up on the back of the couch and I knocked on the, the wall. The players couldn't see it. One of them jump scared. <laughs> just because, <gasps> oh, my God. Because I knocked when I, you know, boom, 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 you hear, and it, 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 they just jumped. And I was like, oh, I can make people do things. <laughs> like, this was great. And that was the moment I think I was absolutely hooked. And I, all, I wanted to, like, do things in the game as a GM to get people immersed in it, whether it's sound or props. And that's when I went on to become what was known as the prop queen. I made props for my Cthulhu games and my Shadowrun games. I eventually jumped to Shadowrun after. I, I feel like I'm missing out with not playing with you in real life because I want props. <laughs> I, I, want, I... <laughs> I did. I did props. I had one where they thought they were hunting a Bigfoot. I made a Bigfoot plaster cast. Like I made a, a, a Bigfoot impression in mud. I bought plaster, poured it in like, you know, like they do and made a plaster cast of a Bigfoot footprint. I also got some craft fur, made it really stinky because I read that Yeti hair smells really bad. I made some 
Bigfoot hair and say, hey, you found this stuck in branches. And they got it and they opened the little baggie up because it smelled horribly. And they were like, oh, my God. You know, it was just little things that got them into the game. That's so cool. And I loved it. Fair enough. But I can only do that in face-to-face games. I mean, I'm not going to mail everybody a zip a Ziploc baggie of Yeti hair. Well, that's just, you know, like, there's there's effort, and then there's where you come in. So, you know, <laughs> I appreciate like, Why are you doing this? <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to, like, immerse them into it and bring breathe more life into the game than just reading a, a stat block or a, a description that, you know, the module had and just saying, uh, all right, you look at a, you know, you enter a room, you hear a knocking on the wall. What do you do? You know, cool. I wanted that's, more. That is, that is a really cool story to hear, actually. Uh, it was It's very <laughs> different than my own. What, what kind of got me into it was actually really good GMs. I was like, wow, that's really cool. These guys are neat and telling these awesome stories. I wish I could do that, you know. And that banged around in my head until I had something that I wanted to do. I think that was part of it. I needed to have something I want, a story or setting I wanted to actually make. And mm-hmm. it took like a year of it just bouncing around in my head. And I was like, yes, I could do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will assemble the players that I like and and do the thing. So that was that was me. I was trying to live up to it to, to something. You know, I was trying to. Mm-hmm. To, to join the the upper echelons, you know, of of the the GMing abilities and, and stretch my legs a bit and see and and see, you know be on that side of the table because I spent so much time on the player side of things. So mm-hmm. cool. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So I so think, what's go ahead? I think a lot of people are afraid to take that big chair because they they think they have to know all the rules, and I I'm here to tell you, you don't. No, you, you don't. don't. Have to know all the rules. Believe me, your players know the rules, and they'll inform you when you have something wrong. Yeah, that's what's great about about the entire <laughs> hobby is yeah. if you you can, let's say you don't know a rule, and this this mm-hmm. will go for anything. Okay, I'm about to lay down like a, a universal rule of TTRPG. So stand back, everybody. If you <laughs> if you are, if you think you know a rule and it feels about right, you'll probably be fine. And if someone knows the exact rule and they give you that rule on the spot, you can be like, oh. And if they don't know the rule, that means there was never a problem mm-hmm. because they don't. You know, it's like it's sort of like the if a, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Mm-hmm. Well, if the D and D player didn't know how surprise worked, didn't fucking matter. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> you get advantage of the attack now. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, you know, so, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think they. I think some people go, oh, I don't know all the rules well enough to run a game. You do. Trust me, you know the rules well enough. And if you don't, your players are there to help you. You don't have to know all the rules yourself. I think the other thing that makes people kind of standoffish is. I'm not a good storyteller and that's valid, but there's only one way to get better at storytelling and that's yeah. telling stories. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's, it's a cool thing to be in, in the, I don't want to say real roadie, but uh, let's, let's say limited access freeway, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, version of things and, and to be a part of that story. But if you don't, if you're not great at storytelling, then you have it, it's collaborative like your players will help tell the story by decisions that they make some of which will even be good i know uh most of them won't be and that's fine that's awesome <laughs> and fun uh because you know new characters uh <laughs> you know <laughs> pencils and paper are cheap you know <laughs> that's, that's the cost of a new character so yeah there there's that they can help you make it i would actually i mean do you want to just go like writing like some tips for our for our pers- prospective gms all right. So, what what are some tips you would have? Because you're a new GM, as you said. 
So you, your well. learning curve has is fresh in your mind. So what yes. what have you you've GM now? What are some like? Oh, I wish I knew then what I know now. Tips. The first thing I would say is prepping, efficient prepping. You will you will Ooh. kick yourself in the ass when you spend eight hours painstakingly <laughs> drawing out the city grid layout of your town, and you see it's actually shaped like this in the old town because that was built. Uh, by the dwarves, and so the streets are actually a lot more narrow. And over here is the Elven district, and so things are a little bit different. Like, and 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 no one will give a shit, and they'll leave the town in the first half an hour, and you'll feel like an asshole. And then they'll and then they'll like turn around and go into the old cave that you were thinking about two sessions from now, and you've got nothing. And you spent eight hours prep, and you have nothing. That sucks. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. like, prep. Like in this more of a D and D thing, you're gonna spend more time prepping, say a combat encounter, but the off that often takes a while, mm -hmm. and you need to think in terms of like time management. How much time are they going to spend on X should probably dictate how much time you spend on X. So mm -hmm. that that's the biggest thing. If you find yourself prepping eight hours for a one to two hour or like a two hour session, they better be paying you, and they better be paying you, or <laughs> you're you're. you're you know, your ratio is off. What do you, how do you feel? Oh, great, GM. <laughs> so, all right. I mean, I just got done telling a story where I would make props. I prepped. I would prep tons of stuff. But I wouldn't prep, like, I wouldn't. In the beginning, I tried to prep for every single circumstance. And you can't. You just can't. So now my prepping is just bullet points. Oh, here's the city. Here's bullet points of the city. Here's this NPC. Here's bullet points of this NPC. And so I just like have an idea of, all right, well, these are things they can run into. But at the same time, you have to be ready to embrace that left turn and improv stuff. Or you can do the other magical trick of prepping little pieces. So Events, areas, locations, lore, NPCs, you can prep all of those you want. And then as the players do things and you're like, oh, no, I need something, you have a grab bag of stuff you can pull from. It's already prepped. No, this is very true. Reskinning is. Is, is wonderful. Yes. If, if you build yes. something, mm -hmm. oh, the players will find it one way or a goddamn another. They are going to find <laughs> Just because find they, you thought they'd do it in session two, well... They didn't. Well, maybe down in session eight, they end up at a spot. Well, now you can put that thing there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a, a huge. Yeah, that's efficient prepping. So I, mm -hmm. I definitely would, would back you up on that. And I like the bullet points thing. That's I would say that is an extremely helpful tip. Like places come down to what is important about a place or a character is what is what, what are their motivations. You know, this mm -hmm. guy's evil. Is he generally a good person? Is, mm -hmm. is, is what, what are his goals? Is he trying to make sure the the kingdom is safe from the orc attacks? Is he, uh, you know, is she trying to gain more knowledge for her wizarding career? If if you just have one or two lines about a character, mm -hmm. it will dictate what that character would do, regardless of what your players do. If you if you kind of like flow chart it out, where if player X then Y, and if Z then D, and if A, you yeah. can't you can't. <laughs> you can't do it, and it's it's really why so many modules are bad because they say mm -hmm. when the players open the door, no, uh, then the you know they're not going to open the door. Yeah, they're going so they to go through the window. The yeah, they're just they're just not going to. But there's also this other lazy GM trick that I use a lot, and that's 
why am I doing all that work? Hey, you know this person. Why don't you describe him and tell tell us about him? Ooh, I have never done that one. That, that lost that, of control. I'm concerned. I don't know what to do with my hands. lost of control. It's <laughs> Brian at the table. If they are taking part in building the world and the people in it, they have more stake in the game. Okay. I, I like this. I want to Then just the GM telling them, hey, this is the world. It's, hey, Cotton, this we are in this town. You've been here before. You, in fact, know the blacksmith. Tell us about him. Ooh, that is, that is, oh, that is going into the book. That is going into the old book. Why do I have to do all the work? Make the players do the work. Exactly. They're lazy. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. Players are terrible. Uh, (laughs) No, they're they're a great resource. Also, (laughs) when, when it's combat, like, you have to describe the combat. You don't have to describe the combat. Ask your players, hey. Tell me, you know, tell me what you do. Great, you hit. All right, well, it killed a creature. Tell me how you killed it. And let them do the the big description because in their mind, they see what their player is doing. So Definitely. let them make that description on how the on how they killed the creature, you know, what they did, the move, and, and let them feel like the heroes that they're supposed to be, especially in D&D. Definitely. That Let actually brings a, that brings up one thing I want to mention. It's one of the, it's one of the greatest things I've read as far as a like the e- a, a very easy way to knock yourself up a few steps is never say nothing happens or you miss unless there's some very mm-hmm. latent you know, you're, you know like it, it was a very important shot that would have saved the world and you miss Ta-ta, you know yeah. otherwise well, but yeah. the, the world like oh you rolled a twelve you miss he misses you miss that mm-hmm. is the most boring statement. Ever and it and it can be really kind of drudgery when you had a a a low album combat. You have about four or five of those missed attack rolls, or, mm-hmm. or you know, or successful saving throws. On and the end result is is you feel like both sides are hitting each other with wiffle bats, and that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the danger. I mean, statistically, all you've done is wasted time. You got you got to put some spin on it. You have to come in mm-hmm. there and say. You know, the idea is your players are kind of badasses. Even at level one, they are generally fairly badass compared to your average populace. And this mm-hmm. is again a five E thing, but really need a game. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing a thing. If it fails, it's because the enemy dodged. Mm-hmm. It's not that you missed; it's that you swung and it hit his armor and it caught the chainmail. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's not hurt, but you were about an inch and a half off from severe damage, and you and him know it, and you can feel that tension between the character, the player behind them, and the guy who just about got ran through. Or, you know, if they hit you or they miss you, it's because you dodged. You know, it's because you raised your shield. Something. Mm-hmm. You know, not just everyone's idiot. And, you know, everyone's completely idiotic and has, you know, <laughs> unable to actually land a hit on anything today. That deflates. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And nothing happens is usually never fun unless, like, I only use the phrase nothing happens if my players are being particularly drawn in on something that has no import. Like, what is the... <laughs> you put a chair... Like, you come into an empty room. There are cobwebs <laughs> in the corners. A single chair is upright. What's with the chair? Nothing. It's just a chair. It's we a have chair. to inspect the chair further. I yeah. investigate the chair. <laughs> I turn the chair a, a tiny amount. Like, nothing happens. That is that is the only... And because I only use it in that context, the players get the, the clue of, like, you know, bonk, stop it. <laughs> well, <laughs> There's not... It is, it is, you, as a GM, you, you do have a lot of power, a lot of sway, and you have to be very careful how you use that. 
If you use jangly keys, use them sparingly. Don't shake them too hard because you will never get that party back on the right track. It'll take sessions to make yes. that happen. Not, yeah, I don't want to say spam jangly keys, but if your players just, for whatever reason, yeah. just, so, you know, bloodhound onto something that, that you have no clue what happened. You took an extra but, half a second to describe something and they you went. You spent two minutes describing the chair in the corner with the okay. cobweb. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not what you want them to focus on. You want them to focus on the door or the desk, and you only spend 30 seconds describing that. Obviously, you have yes. signal to your players. You the chair is important. You have sucked. You are sucked in by the mundane nature exactly. of this chair. Exactly. It's so, so mundane as to defy reality. <laughs> How could a chair so plain have ever? But that's it. Just so, if that's what you're doing now, maybe as a GM, you don't want to give too many clues out. You can't give enough clues out to a party. I say it's the rule of three. You got to drop the hint three times for a party to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, and even then they may not. And you're just going to sit there banging your head against the desk or the wall or whatever. And yep. trying to figure out what do I got to do? Like, just pull it's, them, it's, you know, <laughs> if you, pull if them by the nose. Been... This is this is the country in me, but if you've ever been horse riding and you want to go left and the horse wants to go right, you have to. It, it takes <laughs> it takes a a certain conversation of rain tugging to get that head to go. <laughs> Stop looking at the goddamn chair. <laughs> so <laughs> you know? yes, be careful how you're you know, because again, the GM holds a lot of power and a lot of sway. Your players are taking everything you're giving them and assigning weight to it. Yeah, this so is true. You I have think, to make sure you're using that. that correctly. Yeah, you have you learn that that takes time to kind of learn and and it's great when you when you've got when you've got it mastered. It's it's great because maybe there is something you they should focus on, but it's dangerous and you want them to walk into that trap. So you kind of go, eh, it's not a big deal. Also, don't be afraid to like <laughs> steal that idea. If they think the chair is magical, maybe it is. Take it. Like the best thing is totally. a paranoid player who's really talkative. That's. Oh <laughs> Don't get me started on paranoid players because I'm in a game with a paranoid player and I just want to throttle him. Like, <laughs> why are you giving the GM all these horrible ideas to use against us? Stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, in the game we're in, we're, we're all friends. They constantly have these ideas regarding my character before you're about to describe things because they're dicks and they're trying to get me killed and they don't like Baron Honeybun, even though he's awesome and objectively cool. I, I understand. <laughs> I know, I know what's, I know what's real. I know what's hot in the streets. <laughs> but generally, if you have a player who's like, like, I'm running a game right now, and there's a swamp, and the king doesn't want really want the players, or he wants the players to go to the swamp just so they can um, claim it, right? They want they want to drain the swamp and make it civilization. Yay! Just a good old gentrify the swamp. Exactly, I want to gentrify the swamplands. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Slip into my Colonel Sanders voice there. And one of the players, and like I had a random officer guy, like, oh, this is a stupid idea. There must be, you know, we're going to lose tons of gold and men trying to do this. And he was just a guy on the opposite side of the argument of this isn't worth it. That's it. There was no further thing. And they go, well, the, there must be a real reason. If if they're going to, they, they for whatever reason, they believe this guy. Like he was the word of God. And he, like, it wasn't just two people with a disagreement. It was, well, what this guy said must be the truth because he said it. Therefore, the king must be having an ulterior motive. Well, now he do. So thanks, buddy. <laughs> there is an ulterior motive now because you wanted there to be one. So I'm going to do that. So 
lying. It is your friend, GMs. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it, so on for me, I'm a little bit on the fence on that point because to me, that's metagaming. That's kind of like, oh, it, there was no artillery motive. Oh, but now they think there is. All right, well, I'll use that. That's okay. But if it's, oh, well, really, the king is really, you know, an evil wizard, you know, that's in disguise and is trying to take over, whatever. Then that's kind of like changing the opposition mid-game. Okay. For, for, for what you know it's what worth, I mean? I'll, I'll let you be the judge. It's not an evil ulterior motive. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if it's just, if it's something that's, like, benign, that's fine. But if it's something that, like, changes power level or can actually, you know, like, hurt the players a lot, I think it's kind of, you know, that's like, hey, you're gonna go storm the building and you have to extract somebody, like a Shadowrun game. Uh, but the player's like, oh my gosh, what if they were vampires? GM goes, well, they are now. Oh, whoa, yeah. That's, whoa, we didn't prepare that, for vampires. That's a shitty, right. that's a metagaming shitty move. <laughs> that's dirty As a pool. GM, that's a dick move. <laughs> wow, that is, that, is a, that is a powerful dick move that I had not contemplated. What, now, what would you have, do you have another one lined up or what, what, what would be your next? So uh, I'll talk about administrative side of GMing. You are the one that controls the game. You are the one that, you know, has the players there. And you're the one that needs to make sure that things move along. You need to make sure people are showing up to the game. And if they're not going to show up to the game, then you need to get rid of those players. You need to limit the crosstalk and get things moving unless that, that's just the game. Unless they only want 15 minutes of real RPG playtime and, you know, two and a half hours of bullshitting at the table. If that's how your table likes to roll, have fun with that. I'm at tables with people that want to play. They don't want to have crosstalk. They don't want to chit chat. It's, I want to play the bulk of my time. I don't get to play that often. I want to play the whole time. So you as the GM are the one that controls that table and makes sure let's move things along. Let's not, you know, get sidetracked on tangents or crosstalk. And so as the GM, you have to be willing to take the reins and kind of, you know, be that, that jerk that says all right all right let's let's you know let's get things moving or what are you going to do kind of forcing the the game forward that was hard for me and i even yeah. put it <laughs> in my session zero like hey I, I, i'm here to play the game and and my game is only like a once a month so we're there to play yeah. and and we're there to play so it's and, and we're friends and so there'll be points where we're talking and laughing and the first time i did it you know like inside it was just like you know squee but i like held firm <laughs> I held the line. I was like, hey, let's just, you know, cut it up. We prepared to do the thing. And they got it. And they were cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool. So that, it, it's hard, but you got to learn it. You got to manage your players in a respectful and decent way, but you got to do it. It's, you it's, have to do it. And the first time you do it, it's going to feel really uncomfortable. It's not going to feel as bad the second or third time. But once you set the expectation at the table, you shouldn't have to do it often in the future. Yep. That's exactly. And I've also found that. learn. Too. Yeah, they should learn. And they're they should filling know the you out. Mm -hmm. they're, they're filling you out. They want to know that's what's appropriate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so once it's there, like, oh, okay, that fair enough. Touche. There's yeah. one. And that's been my experience. Don't be afraid to do that. You know, you, you, the thing you mentioned a minute ago about, like, you know, <laughs> my version of it, don't be a dick to your player by <laughs> throwing vampires <laughs> at them when they mention <laughs> the word vampire. Yeah, don't do that. I would all, one of the biggest things I've seen in, in people asking about help as a GM is my player has built a character and it's powerful and I like it. And how do I stop it? This is 
and, and the the answer to this is it's a wrong mindset. If someone makes a character with a ridiculous passive perception, like some like like twenty one, you know, well this well how do I surprise this character? It's it's almost impossible to ambush him. He's going to see every trap. Yes, this character is going to see every trap. They're going to detect damn near everything that's trying to sneak up on them. If there's a hidden door, they're, they're gonna, you know, they're going to find that too. They're going to go lean on the wall to think about the room, and their hands will just hit the button, and they'll find it. And that's mm-hmm. the character they built. Give them mm-hmm. that, and it's okay. And it seems weird that you're going to be putting into your dungeon, oh, here's a secret door, by which I mean a door that he will see instantly. <laughs> like, yes, that's give him that. That's That character was built with that. That was what they wanted to build, a character that would find all this stuff. So put it in there and let that person have that fun. You know, let, mm-hmm. they obviously want to be the one to say, I found another thing. Oh, look what I found over here. So instead of just saying, why not just make everything open or why even, or why not just crank the DCs up? Cause you're robbing the person from that, that thing that they clearly want. Give your players what they want. Don't figure out how to, you know, stop them. You know, there's, there's a Don't few. Handicap. Yeah. <laughs> Don't handicap. Yeah. No. Because there's probably other areas that character that's really good at perception probably can't do a lot of other things. So don't rob their one thing they can do. Yeah, you see this a lot with uh, casters classes. Someone mm-hmm. will make a uh, a cast <laughs> with lots of utility spells. Mm-hmm. And they'll use one in a super weird, overpowered way. And you're like, well, that, oh my god. Well, they chose that instead of fireball. Yeah. Like, don't screw them. <laughs> like yeah. They, they yeah, don't have the 66. Well, they used fly and just went over my trap. Yeah, but they also didn't have the fireball to blow that previous room apart. They had the legit fight with like magic missile or some other garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, let let your character be that character. Don't feel, you know, th- they're going to wreck your plans. This is okay. Be be on your player's team. Be on you are you are supposed to. It's I believe a GM is supposed to be the biggest fan of the players. You are supposed to be the one that wants to see them win, not the one that wants to beat them down and see them lose. Exactly. That's that's that is the mindset. If you're going to be a GM, you have to have that mindset. Mm-hmm. You you really do. I mean, there's just there's exceptions, to all kinds of things, but but not that. If you're going to get your players, you can. You're God. You yeah. You know? It's it's super easy. You want to go? I mean, why don't you just get a magnifying glass, go outside, and cook some ants? I, I think it's a, an ego thing. Like I built, <laughs> oh, built this is. trap. It is. Trap. Now I'm actually stupid and worthless and completely invalidated as a human, and Absolutely. I have to destroy you. No, I have been in that situation. I swear to you. I thought, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this at them. Oh, this is gonna be great. They found an easy way to just sidestep it. I can't ignore it. I can't take it away. They win, and I felt like a complete idiot. Like, but they were happy with how they did it. They were like, no, we, you, you should feel good. We had a creative way, and I just felt stupid, like I was outsmarted, and it hurt. I didn't feel good. And I actually talked to them after the game. I said, I had a problem with this part. And they were like, we don't we don't think that about you. We were happy that we figured out a way around it because it was tough. And we figured out a way. We got creative. We had to think outside the box. You forced us to do that. Why are you upset? Yeah, that's, 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 that's I'm glad you went through that process. I was... Well, I'm not, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> feeling to feel. Like you failed or like you did something that you have four or five other people at a table looking at you like you messed up. And that can be really scary to put yourself in that situation. So, it, but you, if you have a good, if you have a good table and you have good players, they will help you get better. 
They will right. not bash you or make you feel bad. They'll help you feel better. But when you do something that you really have an issue with or you feel like you messed up, have that conversation at the end of the session. Get some feedback. What did you like about the game? What didn't you like about the game? What was your favorite moment in the game? Definitely. Asking for feedback. Feedback mm-hmm. is so precious and it's hard to get because presumably your players like you. Uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully. And they don't want to say, well, you're a complete <laughs> bag of trash and we don't like you and your face turns us off and we just have to power through every session through sheer willpower and alcohol. Uh, you know, so, but if 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 you ask for it, they'll usually give you a hint. If if you have a player who tells you something, you can probably multiply it, especially if it's mm-hmm. negative. If they say, "I liked A, B, and C, but I wasn't really, you know, I kind of wasn't the biggest fan of X," that means they hate that. Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. Well, probably I may be overselling it, but it, it, <laughs> if they're gonna it, treat feedback in a real way, you know, and Don't if you ask it for as, it as a condemnation of you, just take it as their viewpoint. That's it. It doesn't mean they're right or objectively. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I want more exploration. That's not objectively good or bad. It's just what I want. I'm telling yeah. you the thing that I want, so give me that thing if you don't mind, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you know, yeah, it's not, it's not a personal judgment against you. So mm-hmm. that's if you can get it's that feedback, it's it's really helpful to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Man. It is. It's hard to ask for. It's hard to hear. When it's, I mean, everybody wants to hear the good, positive feedback. No, you're great. You're awesome. I loved it when you did this. But you have to hear what you're doing wrong because it's the only way to learn if you want to become a better GM. If you don't have that goal, fuck it. Don't ask their feedback. Who cares what they think? Yes. But I would hope (laughs) as a GM, you want to get better. So if you've never GM before, take the plunge, do it, but ask for that feedback because the only way you're going to learn to get better. This is absolutely right. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, all right. So I just want to bring up one thing that I thought of is like an important thing I have learned. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're doing the thing, don't open up with apologies or a a reduction in expectation. It's a very common thing. You want to lower expectations for that new report you have to give to your boss. So if it's good, they really like it. You know, you you, you don't want to come in acting like you're, you know, the the hottest thing best thing since sliced bread and then it's mediocre so very often i will see new gms with a lack of confidence coming in like i'm sorry guys i only had a few hours prep this week and you know i don't know about this i mean i hope this dungeon's pretty good i don't know if you guys don't like it or not like that's def- that's deflating it's not gonna mm-hmm. it's not doing any favors Mm-mm. and the more confidence that your players have in you the more that your improvisation or whatever you do will will float and will fly and will sell. It's kind of, it's it's very much a showman magician kind of deal. It's there's a lot of you know smoke and mirrors, frankly, that hold mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff together. And I don't tell my players as much as I want to so much and say, hey, you know, here's actually what I was doing. You know, I I really have and I've done that, but I regretted it and I wish I didn't and I'm not going to do it anymore. I just don't mm-hmm. because it it removes that mystery and there is there is power in mystery. It works for. You know, so many things throughout history. There's a reason that the Catholic Church and so the British monarchy were loath to open up, you know, their their to, to cameras and, and 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 they don't want you to be familiar, they don't want to be in your friend, you don't want to have a reality show. It sort of like would deflate that magisterium, which is very powerful. It's a very powerful thing to have that sort of to, to, to keep yourself from on the other side of the of the curtain in uh, in the Wizard of Oz. So mm-hmm. that's 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 my Yeah, definitely. Don't be, don't, I I agree. Don't be self-deprecating as a GM. 
Also, don't be, you know, thinking you're God's gift to RPGs either. Just be you at the table. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do. Just be you at the table. Fair enough. But yeah, that that's a good tip. Oh, I like the panache. It makes it makes me makes me feel like like this person's totally got it, and I'm, you know, all wrapped up in there. I never would have guessed that you liked the panache. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just don't seem the panache type. <laughs> well, you know, I do like a good panache. What do you have? Any other ones? Let's see. I mean, I made this awesome list. I'm going off of. Wow, you prepped. I made I made a list. Look at you. Yeah, and then I flicked the switch on the power that knocked out all of the route. I was like, watch this. I have a reset router button, (laughs) but I forgot to plug my computer in that too, so I deleted the list by (laughs) (laughs) hitting a switch in my house. So I hastily retyped the list. Anyway, there you go. That's all fun stuff for. For prepping, I mean, we'll edit all this out. I had to list the entire time. Ding, you know, never, nothing went wrong, and I am right. God's gift to podcasting. Uh, <laughs> don't don't set your players up to fail or need them to win. That's a very common one. Like the players will go in, and then they'll find the secret bookcase that leads to the stairwell to go to the upper attic where the big bad guy is. No one finds this. No one finds it. And you're, oh, yeah, that's the end of the game, y'all. Uh, you didn't find the, the secret lever. That's kind of it. Yeah. Um, don't it. need your players to fail. Mm-hmm. People will often have, like, I want the goblins to ambush the players. So, and then your players have some scorching hot roll, and they beat the thing. And you're like, well, actually, the, you need to make, I'll make a stealth roll. To, if, if you, your players will know instinctively, especially over time, if you are putting them in situations where they didn't have a chance. You're gonna make them each roll a stealth roll. You're gonna you're gonna make them do either repeated rolls or they hit you know a 16 on something and it doesn't work. And well, then they're, they're they're gonna know. Oh, I didn't really have a chance. You know, mm-hmm. you'll get away with it sometimes, and they'll roll a seven. You're like, oh, oh, you failed, and, and they didn't know that you had them set up. But eventually, they'll have those high rolls, and you'll say no, or they'll have a low roll, and you'll say yes, and they realize that the roll didn't really matter. Mm. That is bad. If you make the roles not matter, then you really they're just here. You know? Yeah, they're just here. Uh you as a GM, you should have everybody's character sheet. As they level up, you should get new sheets. You should always know what your characters can do, what their abilities are, and try to put things that match that. That they have a chance to beat. Not, you know, that they can steamroll, but that they at least have a chance. Because, yeah, if the roll, if they just, no matter what they do, no matter what they roll, they're never going to be able to do it. What, what's the point? Why did you put that there? Exactly. That is such a frustrating thing. So It is. It is. Uh, let me ask you, I have two things. But the first one I want to ask is, and I, I, this, this will tell a lot about you and I. As a GM, hide your rolls or roll in the open? For everything, I have, For I have, everything. I bifurcate it. I don't, I don't roll it. You I, I do, bifurcate I don't do. it. Oh yeah. Some things you roll in the open, other things you hide. It would depend on if the players would know. Like I don't like roll. Like, what I'm about to start doing is I'm not going to roll insight rolls where the players can see it because there's just you just can't stop these otherwise decent people from succumbing to the the evils of metagaming. Like I, I want to see what this person. If 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 their story checks out, make an insight roll. You roll a three, and they realize, and they don't trust this person any more than they would have. At mm-hmm. the most, you, they just don't have information. But they don't. 
actually believe the person. Hmm. So you the, the, the situation where there's no reason to disbelieve this person, their insight role doesn't chuck up the info. So that 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 makes me feel like I, I you know I want to maybe withhold that information and just give you the info. The the, the number doesn't help them. Okay. All right. I see. I see your point. I do. I just feel as a GM, I should make every role in the open and trust my players not to metagame. And if they do, having the ability to call them on it. I, I don't think it's conscious. Like that, that was one. Like there, oh. there have been times where they could have <laughs> metagamed and they didn't. But that is the one that just seems to be a really difficult one. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. these people to not. I can see it in their head, and I know that they. It's just a, like why? Why make them go through this? What What does that number do for them? I guess it. it they would. They would trust me to not be screwing them over, and that's why I have been doing them in the open. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's also kind of hard to rescue your players. Like if your players, you know, if you if you over rolled the old, uh, you know, you sort of made it a little bit too hard of an encounter, and you're thinking, okay, I need to like dial this back about ten percent. You can't. You're locked in. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of like, you know, very new players that I did not feel like murdering on session one. So <laughs> maybe I always have a plan to get out of it. Like if you, you'd have a plan in your head, especially on those hard fights, what happens mm-hmm. if my players all go down? Because the normal answer is that's they're dead. And yeah. if you don't want that to happen, you need to have something. Well, I mean, the, uh, so that's a fine line. I actually have a friend who jammed a game for some new people. And uh, they made a lot of bad decisions. They were new. I mean, absolutely like babes in the woods, new players. And they just did the opposite of right. They did every wrong decision they could possibly make. And one of them ended up dead. And the GM's like, I can't just not have him die. He, he made a lot of bad decisions. He, he, he's going to, he, he died. And I think I understand. You know, but is your new player going to understand that what he did was wrong? How is he going to learn from this? And so they kind of had a debriefing after the game, like, hey, this is what you did wrong. And maybe it's because you don't know not to go into an army of owlbears and try to talk to them. I guess that that is a different (laughs) thing. I think that that depends on the group. I I don't have a position where I would say I am right about this. I just did not feel like taking this group of mostly new D&D players. Mm -hmm. And TPKing them in session one, which is about what happened. And yeah. and it wasn't even because of a bad decision. It was because of an absolutely ridiculous level of, of poor luck. Yeah. It, it was it was quite it, it was one fight. It was just one fight. There was no reason they shouldn't have won it. And they could not get a dice roll to save their life. Sometimes the dice the dice tell the story. And the dice did. They just sometimes the dice just don't go with you. I guess. I, I didn't feel sessions. I did not feel like session one of all these people TPKing them with a random thug. Like, <laughs> there's no climax there. I mean, like, here, here's mm-hmm. the story. You're a bunch of guys who showed up and then raided this goblin uh, dungeon, and you've come back out, and there's a, a thug and some weak cronies who are stealing your stuff, and you attack them, and you're dead in the story. That's Who wants to read that story? Uh, you can't have your way out. You have an NPC that comes along and helps fight and, you know, or intimidates them into leaving who knows i mean you can do things to save your players from a tpk yes yeah and then you there was a net one on the death saving throw didn't help but <laughs> when it's bad luck that's one thing i'm saying when a player just actively does all the wrong i mean just makes wrong choices that puts their character in harm's way that it's really hard for a gm to save them from themselves 
sometimes the lesson must be learned. I <laughs> so here's what happened, Bob. Your character's dead because you're <laughs> stupid. So this is a big old fun day for you. <laughs> That's good, but, but I mean, if you've never played a tabletop RPG before, and you're used to video games, let's just say you're used to video games. Oh, I died. Doesn't matter. I have a new life. Who cares? Bam. Maybe that's the mentality this person had. It doesn't. I can do whatever I want. I'll just get a new life. Tabletop Fine. RPGs aren't like video games, so we have to change the mindset to tabletop RPG play style. It's not just you. do whatever you want and you get a new life. I mean, you can. You can roll up a new character. Oh, whatever. So what I guess. What do you do? What do you yeah. do? I, I, this is a real question. All right. So you're sitting down. A real you're, question. Real question that I, I have no personal opinion. I, I'm like scared. Like I don't even know what the answer oh. could be. You okay. sit down. You have blocked off four hours of play. People have take have they they've called the babysitter. They called in a favor from their their spouse to said that you know hey watch the kids. I'm gonna go play D and D. They drove across town. You all set up. Hour one, that guy's dead. All right, buddy, you stood over there in the chair while we uh, played D and D for a bit. Like, what do you do? You can't roll up a new character. They while can't. people continue playing. These people did not have the ability to roll up a new character in like 15 minutes. They just have wasn't... a pre-generated character ready to go. Have some pre-gen sitting there. If somebody dies, here's a pre-gen, and then before next session, we'll build your second, your new character. Fair enough. That, that's that is that, there. You go. I appreciate that answer. That is, uh, so <laughs> next tip: have some pre-gens for when you mercilessly <laughs> kill your stupid-ass player because he <laughs> they tried to communicate with the owlbear. <laughs> oh, I would not say the players were stupid. They just made a lot of bad choices. I didn't say stupid. You're not they dumb. just made bad choices. You just have a severe predilection towards the risky. You just go towards death. <laughs> you you know? just want to die. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Another GM tip. And this one I, I learned at a table. I had this thing planned. It's going to be great. It's going to have character development. It's going to have big reward. They're going to love it. They hated it. They hated it. Only one person was on board. The other four people hated the very idea. So as a GM, just know because you think it's a cool idea, doesn't mean your table will. You really need to know your table. Really need to be able to read that room and make sure what you're planning they're going to like and if you start to see where they don't like it you better start adjusting yep because oh there's nothing worse than dragging players through a crypt a dungeon or whatever and it being something they thoroughly hate the entire time yeah it's it's, it's painful it's just painful to play in it's painful to run it's painful so would you say i i think i've had that happen a couple times and it's mm. happened to me. It's always stuck up on me. I had some combat encounter, and then it ended up taking way too long, and it just got bogged down and slow. So every time I've been playing the game, and I've noticed that this doesn't feel fun. It's like this this set piece that I've made, the attack on the village with the barricades and their zombies. It just drug on for way too long. Don't be afraid to like cut bait. You know, like, oh, I plan to have five more zombies come in. No, nah, don't just don't. Yeah, just don't. Don't. <laughs> combat is the one thing that will just slow a game down it just grinds the momentum so you have to figure out a way to really streamline the combat you want to make sure you get your players in the mindset of i need you to know what you're going to do when your turn comes do not spend your time thinking about what you're going to do on your turn you do that on everybody else's turn when it's your turn you roll 
There's no discussion. It's you did. What are you doing? Definitely. And you need to keep combat going because if you don't and you get that one person that goes, well, what should I do? Should I, should I do this spell? Cause I could do this or I could do this and it would cause this, or I could help so-and-so. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't a decision by committee. Decide what you're going to do. And when it's your turn, you roll and you do. There's yeah, no that's, discussion. That's definitely one of those like, zero session things that mm-hmm. I, I had to talk about. Like when it's your turn, mm-hmm. you need to be ready to go. Not mm-hmm. reading the book, figuring out. And if you're new, I understand you may, it may take you that much time to get there, but you should be researching mm-hmm. it then. You should be <laughs> working on it yeah. so that you're ready to rock as mm-hmm. much as you can be when it's your turn. And I, uh, well, this question, do you limit how much your players can talk in a round of combat, like what do you? I mean, I'm sure you can say something like, "Hey, duck or retreat while I hold the line." That doesn't sound no, too egregious. That's, that's fine. What I don't want is uh, player A. It's your turn. Great. Let's have all five players now discuss what's the most efficient, effective thing for player A to do. Player C pulls up player A's character. Oh, yeah, that's a no. They, yeah, <laughs> I have sat and watched and listened to games. Where it was play by committee, everybody discussed what that player should do. What would be the best that thing? Is so that is boring. And, and there so- it was if you do this, then this player on their turn can do this. And it was like, no, 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 no. That is not how this works. Yes. I don't. I. I will not. I won't put up with it at a table. If somebody wants to play that way, have fun. I'm not going to GM that table. Another GM will do that with you. I don't like it. That sounds horrible. And it's, it, it does happen. And it's, it, mm. it is often done by good people with the best of intentions. You know, this is not someone in being a dick. In my experience, it's done by power gamers that want to win. I, I can see that. I'm just, I, have, I totally believe you. I've just also seen it where it was. Experienced player is friends with a less experienced player. And mm-hmm. the less experienced player wants to be effective. They don't want yes. to go a turn later and go, God, they died because I didn't do the thing. So they're... They're, but but they're not going to learn if they let another person play their class. No, but those two players, the experienced player and the lesser experienced player, before Lesser's turn comes up, he can DM or talk on the side, write notes to the more experienced player. Hey, what should I do? What's some kind of advice? And the experienced player should not tell them how to play. The experienced player should advise them on their options. Yeah, that's... Like I, I'll give you an example. I recently had, played with my mom, and I am the GM of that game. Is uh, not in that game. I've played with her a couple times, but now I am the GM. She's joining my game, so obviously I can't say you should probably like, you know, cast Eldritch Blast here and do this thing or other. I can't do that. It's not gonna work. But what I did was I made her list of all of her spells, mm-hmm. and gave a general description of each as far as when it was useful. Mm-hmm. So I think she had a bard, and it was okay. Like this is this is you know. The was it Tasha's hideous laughter. This is great against dumb enemies. You can eyeball it. You know, big, beefy guy, dumb. You know, pile low wisdom. Pop him with the thing. You can lock him down. Uh, probably not the best thing for a little tiny weak enemy because it's a big spell. And if you neutralize, crappy goblin, no one cares. So use this on your big dumb guys. You got fairy fire, good for a couple of people. And you've got this. Uh, we like so, well, some nuke that she had. Use it for this. So just a quick like rundown of, of when these spells are generally good, mm-hmm. you know. And that that was I felt helpful, streamlining, 
and allowed her to still make those decisions. It was kind of in between someone doing all your stuff for you, and here is the spell section at the back of the player's handbook. Good luck. Mm-hmm. So. But with new players, jamming a table, and you have a new player that's just new to RPGs or new to the system, it's okay to take that extra time with them to help them do that prep, make the cheat sheets for them, talk them through things. You can even run a solo practice session with their character, putting them in situations to make get so they get used to what they would roll when. And it's okay to, as a GM, when you're in a session, to to have a little patience with them as they learn. But when that player is in session 10 and still doesn't know how to roll for a spell, you got to go, all right, either you're just not paying attention, you're being lazy, you're not learning, or maybe you just shouldn't play this class. Because by now, you should know this. This is your thing. Yep. So again, it's setting that expectation as a GM. I'm willing to help you, but I want to see where you're learning. I, th- I think it's one of the best reasons why if I was ever going to have a situation where I was introducing a new player, like my mom, like mm-hmm. I, I really wish she wanted to play Barbarian. It's a great beginner class. You know, <laughs> two-handed sword go burr, okay? Yes, <laughs> you know, you're, you, you, get, you get hit in the face, and you're very good at getting hit in the face and hitting other people in the face. Great. You've got things like attacking, and you can dodge, and you can move around a bit, and occasionally you butt yourself up, and you hit even harder, and it's great. You know, and she was like, Warlock! I'm like, oh, God. I don't know how to play Warlock. Jesus. So, you know, Aww. so I had to, I had to learn that it was Warlock and Bard. That were the, her first two classes that she played, <laughs> you know, sounds and right. so for your it's... mom, <laughs> Warlock or Bard sounds, sounds, sounds on point. It sounds on point. Yep, she, on point. <laughs> she's a former nurse. I figured clerk might've got yeah. in there, but turns out yeah. no, no. <laughs> that's for losers and goodies. Right. Be the healer. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so. You know, I, that was that, that's a thing. But, um, gosh, I, I kind of hmm. lost my point there. But I, I did like the solo idea. I kind of wish I'd done that. Had her in a in a solo session. I think I did have her fight a goblin. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, here's a goblin. I want you to go poke it. You know? And then I've done that, that with people in Shadowrun. Like, if they're like, I've never played a face. Great. Let's get you in a solo session. Let's show you how to roll your face stuff. Let's Let's put you in face situations. What are you going to do? How are you going to think? And you can do that for anything, hackers or anybody. Just do a solo session. And as a GM, you should know what roles would be most common with those characters. What situations would they have to do their thing in? And just put them in that. It's fun. It doesn't have to take, you know, eight hours, just a couple hours. You just throw them in a situation. What are you going to do? Excellent. That's yeah. that's something I, I did a little bit with the combat to get my mom on the rules. I did not do mm-hmm. it so much the face situation. Mm-hmm. And my mom is very timid because she's insecure about her D&D knowledge. Mm-hmm. But she wants to play a bard who is, you know, the face of the party. I'm like, you're sitting here with like, you know, persuasion plus nine or something. It's like, no, I'm just not doing anything. Well, I'm not talk. <laughs> it is, like, it, as with anything, the only way you're going to learn how to do it is to actually do it. You have to yep. just jump in. But I do understand you want to jump in to a safe pool, not teaming with sharks. You want to make sure that the other people are there with life preservers and they're going to help you. Yes. Don't want to just, you know, you do not, I repeat, you do not, as your first time as a GM, 
want to make a roll 20 ad and saying hey random folk please come to my table i'm gonna gm a game because you will get the worst of the worst it's <laughs> the worst idea i've ever heard the worst <laughs> I you would... first time gm with people you know Ugh. that's like how to do drugs step one <laughs> buy drug step two take drug no more details <laughs> it's like i injected an lsd and i'm going to die like that's what that yeah. is no <laughs> I, I mean, we can we could equate it to many horrible things, but you do not do that. You do not first time GM with people you do not know. Also, kids don't do drugs at all. That was for hyperbole and, and <laughs> for purposes. <laughs> please do not. Adults, adults go right ahead. Kids, yeah, no. Please. Adults feel free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the double standard. Exactly right. Uh. So I, I, this kind of brings up one thing I, I did want to bring up and ask you about session zero. What are some of your big ones? What do you, oh, what do you, what do you, you go know, over? What are some of your heaviest? I love the session zero idea. I love the theory behind it. I just find that players don't know what they don't know. Okay. Like they can say, no, I'm okay with anything. All right, fine. And then, 20 sessions later, you found the line in the sand that they didn't know was there. And then it's like, well, why don't we discuss that in session zero? I didn't know that this was going to be an issue. That's why, you know? <laughs> so do you, do you do the X card thing, which is caught on? The X card, yeah, if something's happening that makes me uncomfortable, yeah, you can point. Yeah. All right. I've never had anybody do it i've had a face-to-face -face game where it was on the table but i honestly in that group if you actually pointed your finger towards that x you were going to get ridiculed and mocked by everybody else at that table. <laughs> no. like, this is the really loser card so we can identify the yeah. losers like yep. that's not... we're going to identify the pussy at the table if you point towards that no. card see i can't say that I get yeah <laughs> That's what it felt like. Like it was just waiting. Everybody was just looking at everybody else, just waiting to see who was going to do it. Not like the GM was trying to find something, but right. it was just, "Are you really going to point to the X?" Like well, I had, no. I had mine. I, I and I had to enforce it. Mm -hmm. I, I did not particularly oh. at that time want to have a game with rape or torture. Those were not things that I wanted to engage in. You know, and rape. I didn't think it would happen in terms of because that's really on you as an NP as like. At no point would I have ever play with someone who I thought would be like, "Hey, I'm just go, uh, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna go rape him." What? Like that's not. I don't understand why that is a player's go-to. If it wouldn't have been, but I put it like, in there. Just I'm as gonna a, rape as him. Like I don't understand. Like I don't get that. Now, if so, in and this is the so I did have a player talk to me after a game uh, later on, and again, I'm a terrible person. Let me just preface this. <laughs> Here's why raping games isn't so bad, y'all. No, it wasn't rape. It wasn't rape. It wasn't rape. Okay, it wasn't rape. I had dropped. It was a Shadowrun game. I had dropped numerous hints that this guy was a lech. He was lecherous. Lecherous. And if you were a young woman, you probably shouldn't be around him. Okay? Numerous hints. Their plan Let's send the youngest female in the group to be with him alone in the early morning hours. Everything will be fine. That's your plan? Yep. 
Okay. Surely the plan had more to it than it sit had there more and stare at the man. She would go in. She would go in, see if she could get any info out of him. If things went bad, they would come in and help. Okay. Oh, so there was a Fine. backup plan. There was a backup plan, but that was their plan. That was their plan. Okay. <laughs> I'm again prefacing this. I'm a terrible person. <clears throat> they sent her in. The guy. This is all I. I described it as. He presses her up against the wall, and he starts to rub her his hand down her arm. That's all I said. They bust in. Later on, a player comes up to me, not the one that was running the female character in this situation, a completely different player, comes up to me and says, I am not okay with sexual assault. Noted for the future. We won't have sexual assault in games. Yeah, but okay, you had it. I'm like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, that didn't One. do any virus. I feel like that's Number not, two. Well, it makes no, it better. I was, I was mad. I was mad. <laughs> I was mad. Um, I said, number one, I didn't put you in that situation. You guys made that plan. You knew what he was. Did you not? Yeah, we did. You made that plan. What did you think would happen? Again, I wasn't graphic. It's not like I had him rip her top off, exposing her. It's, I didn't get graphic in my description. Pinned her against the wall. His hand ran down her arm. Just so they could get an idea of where it was going to go if they didn't rush in. That's it. Because right. I knew they were going to rush in. But he comes at me like, I didn't like that. That was too much. I'm like, obviously, you've never been party to a sexual assault. Because, and I'm not gatekeeping sexual assault, but I'm like... I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I don't think I did that. I but think the okay. person had every right to say, I didn't like that. I prefer not to have that. I think that's, I think they're a little okay. bit shitty to say. And I said, from now I am on, now we mad won't. at you. I, I said, from now on, we won't. That's fine. It's fine. But he was like, you shouldn't have done it. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of as a GM, kind of backed in the corner here. I told you what he was. He was a big, bad, evil guy, but you guys went with this plan. I can't. So I, I don't know. I'm sure I mishandled it. I'm absolutely sure. I was really upset. I have a lot of other personal reasons that probably crept in that made that interaction with that player more heightened between us. And it was just like, mm, no. That's no. a part of it. I think you, you admit it. You're saying that. I don't think that person had much for ground to stand on to say. Having that much was way over the line. I should have had it, but that's but just on on the sessions you're thinking, I I don't want to have it, and I don't want my, and I want my players yeah. to know that it's going to happen. Like even in the context of a situation where you might assume that that would be on the table, because that's what happens back in the ye old medieval days when Soldier One. Like if mm -hmm. if we played straight to straight to literal, what do you think marauding orcs would be doing? <laughs> yes, it's just yeah. it's just going to be rape, you know, rape around me, y'all. Uh -huh. That's just what would happen. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. I don't want to have that. So when these goblins kidnap, I mean, you're thinking like, oh, the goblins have gone and kidnapped the local milkmaid or something and taken her back to the cave. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all, don't sweat it. There isn't like anything. We, like She's just going to be kidnapped, okay? It's not going to get like yeah, super yeah. messed up when you come in there. Like that, I don't mm -hmm. want that to even enter their minds. I don't want to deal with it in my head. And the torture thing mm -hmm. I brought up because players will torture your, your character. And, and I, I even had to call a player on it. It's like, I'm going to take this goblin and burn his feet to find out where the... No, you're not. It's just a flat, hard no. 
like I don't care about reality or simulation or nope. I'm just it's like like the character in the video game hitting that invisible wall. Mm-hmm. It was just you just literally can't torture people in this universe. It's just not the place mm-hmm. I want. I don't want to play there. Okay. You know, it just and it depends. It it does depend what your table tolerance is. If you're if you as the GM is like, look, this just won't be in my games. Fine. And and the players have every right to also do that. And you have to respect that as a GM. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're like, oh, but that would be really cool. Doesn't matter. They said no. If if somebody's afraid of spiders, and they say I don't want any spiders, guess what? You don't ever get to use any spiders. That's it. That's you have to respect it. No spiders. Yeah. That's that's that is where I think the session zero can be helpful if if someone had a particular hang up, you know, and I mean, if, if somebody were to bring that up to me, something that I wouldn't have otherwise known. Maybe I'll give you an example. If someone says something to me either in private, and I told all my players, you have my email, you have my text, uh-huh. my, my phone number. Let's say someone had, you know, sent you a message like, I really don't want to have anything with domestic abuse. I uh-huh. think that's I can deal with that. I can have a plot line where the town guard who you need to convince to do something for you. Uh, you know, slaps his wife around and his kid comes up with a black eye and yeah. you're torn between this guy being a complete piece of garbage and you need something from him. That's an, that, that is an interesting play in the back of my head. But mm-hmm. there might be a reason. There might not be a reason why mm-hmm. someone simply doesn't want to have that in their game. And in the same way, I don't want to play in a world with torture. They don't want to play in a world where someone's slapping their daughter around. Mm-hmm. You know, so cut it. You know, if they tell me that, that's not going to be a problem. In another so- game, that might be great. So, you know. So is it a dick move then? If a player says, for example, a player says no spiders. I don't want any, anything with spiders. I don't like spiders. Is it a dick move then for a GM to describe a room being covered in cobwebs? There's no yeah. spider. No, no, okay. Yeah. No spider. <laughs> it's just covered in cobwebs. Yeah, because because the, the game of D&D and all these games are played in your head. And mm-hmm. so you're injecting it into their head. When you say cobweb, mm-hmm. they will now summon in their head spider. You know, it's not that the problem with the word spider is that it has an S, a P, an I, a D, and an R. It's that it summons a, they, like a creature that, mm-hmm. that's bad, and they don't want to think about that creature. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for the same reason yeah. I don't want to have anyone get tortured in my game, I also don't want you to describe, like, don't worry, we're not going to torture anyone there, Cotton. I'm just going to describe to you in detail a potential. No, I don't want, no. <laughs> I don't want that in my head. So if they don't want spiders in their head, no spiders. Spiders are out. <laughs> no spider. Yeah, but so you don't want to do what you, so you're saying as a GM if it's if it's even tangentially related to what they've said no they don't want in the game then you're saying it's off the table. It's out. I would maybe if I would give it an absolutely ridiculous if a, if a player had the courage to come to me and say, "Look, I really don't like this thing." And immediately, I'm going to know probably something. If a player comes to me and says, I don't want an alcoholic abusive stepfather, I can Mm -hmm. probably put two and two together and get four. And Mm -hmm. so they're trusting me with this information. I'm going to give it an extreme wide berth because, Mm -hmm. you you know, trust is very easily lost and very hard to regain. And if I had anything I thought was straight off the line and was for some reason just so worth it, I just really wanted to put it in, I would talk to them about it. And if they had anything but pure enthusiasm i would back out of it instantly i mean it's, there's a thousand plot lines i mean mm-hmm. my god do you have to have the spider and i mean it would have to be yeah. pretty ridiculous for me to not to, to feel so locked in mm-hmm. like oh my god i can't have spiders it's just gg y'all that's the end of creativity you know pack it up you know <laughs> well what about the players that say oh i don't want we'll use one of your examples i don't want rape in the game 
But then they give you a backstory that involves a lot of rape. Then they, they, they're clearly working something out. And okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Have, Just don't put it in the game. You can have it in your backstory, but it won't be in the game. Now that's now that's if in my game it would not be okay because I don't want that in there. I don't want you to. Oh, you, wouldn't, I say, you wouldn't let them have that in their backstory at all. If if I'm the guy who's uh-huh. like I don't like the rape at all, which I don't, uh-huh. and I don't want to personally play in that world. No, your character does not get to shoehorn in through the back door <laughs> a bunch of rape shit. Like no. Okay. Now okay. if if they tell me that if, if if whatever reason I'm playing in that adult level game. And and I and I'm in that no holds bar world, and they tell me that they don't want to have any rape in the game, and then their backstory had so much rape. I'm not gonna really care because they're the one that had the issue, and and if mm-hmm. the, the, you know, like they're not gonna piss at themselves. I just I'm gonna respect whatever they need, and I'm gonna expect them to respect whatever I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, session zero is a weird thing. Again, I I think people will like everybody always says the same things. I don't want anything, any violence against children. I don't want any rape. I don't want any torture. I don't want any graphical, graphic sex descriptions. Well, yeah, you know, that's fade to black. Yeah. I'm not playing that kind of game either. Those are those seem to be the big ones that are totally avoidable in a game. Absolutely. And see, I can mess that one up. I, and, and again, I think you have to give your GM some level. I, I'm child free. And so I've heard uh, that like when you have kids, it's a big deal. And you're like really mm-hmm. into them and stuff. I don't know. I've heard it's very important. I hear and, it. I hear about it. Yeah. But so okay. I'd, I'd be lo- I'd be having like child zombies and launching them circus cannons and shit. I don't know. And then I make somebody feel bad because they can't not visualize it being their kid. They got launched out of the circus cannon. And then I and, and if they tell me, then I'm like, oh, okay, like that was, you know, I found a button that you didn't know. You know, you're over there thinking only a mm-hmm. complete, you know, morally bankrupt human being would have a child zombie eating another child zombie. And then <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have thought to tell you not to do that, Cotton, because why would I have to? But you did. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you slack, found I won't a do line. it again. You found <laughs> yeah. a line. Bad Cotton. That, you know? that person didn't realize. Absolutely. And that's, that's but like, where's the line? No, no violence against kids. All right. So is it okay to have indigent children that are like little street urchins in the city that run around in dirty clothes, unfed? Is that okay? Are you okay with that? It's, it's up to the player. Or am I pushing the I, line? Like, it's whatever the, the players want. Exactly. But that's 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 the conversation that has to be had. Now you have, like, for every item they put on the list, you now as a GM have to ask, where is that line? No violence against kids. What are you okay about with kids? I don't think that's a good way to go up to can like, I make okay. them, can I make Can I make urchins? Can I make poor children that live on the street, homeless, and no food? Are you okay with that, or do you not want that in your world either? No, and yeah, you have but, you to know, find that line. What, what about a good punch in, in the face to the child? You know, they can they got well, soft heads; the they'll thing. bounce back. <laughs> what's your definition of like what's what is violence? Tell me what violence to a child is. What is it? Like if I see the fruit stand guy have his son there and he smacks him on the back of the head because he dropped the bushel of apples, is that too much? Okay, if you get is that violence to the maybe kid? that for that person if if they don't want to play that game, I would also say that if you Jupiter, the person I'm currently talking to, mm-hmm. found herself GMing a group of beloved snowflakey people, how did oh. you get there? Like this is I, I feel like you just like you know you know how you do cotton when you get ambushed by a bunch of <laughs> yeah, super squishy no, people. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 
You have to find out. You have to find out what they mean when they say those words. What's the boundary? What can I do? Because I don't want to accidentally, because maybe my definition of violence to children is I can't kill them. I can't beat them up. But I can have a father smack his son on the back of the head. But maybe, because in my mind, that's not violence. That's just, you know, what dads do to kids, smack them upside the back of the head. I guess. Uh, you know what I, I mean? I guess, because, but in their mind, no, that's a violent act as well. I don't know that unless I ask in the zero session. Fair I enough. don't know what their definition of violence is unless I have the nerve to ask them. I, what I do see you it mean? like if, if someone goes, I hate Iceland and I don't want to go to Iceland, my next question is, yeah, but like, where does Iceland start? Where is its territorial water? Uh, where don't I, be <laughs> shitty with me. If they say spiders, I'm not going to go, what kind? Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't okay. you be a dick right now. Be I'm a sorry. Dick GM. <laughs> Roll I know. I'm You're saying when it's on things that are abstract, <laughs> things that could have a different definition to you and to me. I think I think ultimately it is going to come down to having a certain understanding on, on everyone's behalf. Yes. And so like that player didn't really have much for you. You, you made a choice. The thing happened. And mm-hmm. that person was like, hey, I don't like it. And you're like, okay. And you're like, no, we need to have like a, I don't know what they expect you to do. Actually, I don't really know. I, I couldn't go back in time. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go back in time. It was done. I, I mean, it was done. There are some things you could specifically mention, which is why I like a session zero. It's also good just for the admin side. Like, it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, trigger warning. It's stuff like, uh, you know, hey, I may have to tell you guys to knock it off and let's get focused on the session. Mm-hmm. Two, maybe we don't play somebody else's character. It's an easy chat to fall into. All those things are very admin-y. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. Yes. So we play Monday stuff. night at eight thirty. If you are not there Monday night at eight, if we don't, you know, we don't show up late. When you're there, make sure you're here to play the game. Not playing another game online, you know. Indeed. Not playing some online game while trying to also play it in a roll top uh, uh, RPG game. Yeah, that's that's that's. A don't split your attention. <laughs> your attention is on the game. You should know what's happening in the game at all times so when it's your turn people aren't just looking at you going well what are you going to do and then you go wait what's happening yeah those those are the worst people luckily I would. those are the worst people they tend to happen the later the game goes i know right (laughs) (laughs) all that right now i was sleeping But yes, it is setting expectations. Have the zero session, set the expectations, define your boundaries, get structure to the game. And as the GM, you are the one that makes that all come together and you have to hold it together and not let anybody, you know, skate by. If Bob keeps showing up 15 minutes late, you got to talk to Bob. Go, Bob, I need you here on time. You know, if two people keep talking uh, about other stuff unrelated to the game, chewing up time, it's a conversation with them. Hey, we're here to play. We're not here to talk about that. Go to DMs or, you know, do it somewhere else. Write notes. I don't care. Pay attention to the game. Yep. Yeah. I very much agree with that. Have, have we got wrapped up? Is, is there anything do, we do missed? You think, do you think we I'm sure we missed something. And people in the it. server <laughs> will tell us what we missed. And that'll be a great conversation. Again, if you are not in the without a net server on Discord, you cannot be involved in the conversation. I know. And you're probably not a very cool person. Wow. You, you, you probably wear like socks with sandals. Session zero right now, you and me. Don't insult the listeners. <laughs> That's my one thing. Like, 
<sighs> don't talk to listeners. Fine. Damn. Uh, see? Talk- see how much you don't like it? Because you're like, man, I want to do it. See? Uh, no. What yeah. if they're Canadians? They're, how many of our Patreon no. supporters no. are Canadians? Do they give us any money? Yes, the Canadians do. God damn it. I mean, yay. Wow. Maple syrup is delicious. I like. I just drink it. Oh my gosh, no. Oh, I can't wait till we have a session talking about heist and crime. Because <laughs> I want to talk to you about the maple syrup mafia in Canada. God, that is, that's a real thing, isn't it? It is! It's fantastic! Crime. Oh, you know what? we have to have a heist show. I want to talk about heist. Crime in Canada is about maple syrup. But about sums it up, y'all. What a... <laughs> <So sweet. laughs> it's so sweet! Oh, God. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sweet side of crime yes April we're two. gonna talk about heist i think i would like to talk about like um if for those that are that. listening i dm cotton or i some uh of your best heist stories how it went how it could have gone better uh we could talk about ours uh, where you found inspiration for a heist or maybe a heist that you would like to run in a game but you just haven't found the right table to do it I would love to go in depth on heists. Oh, this is gotta be this week's topic. Right? I hope it is. Next week, next recording's topic. Absolutely. That will be our next episode. We are going to talk about crime. Crime. Yay! Okay. That's it for us. Thank you, Cotton, Indeed. for all Thank of you your wonderful me. insight. Having you, you're on the show. I didn't have you here. I know I just edit button. <laughs> We're not editing that, no. Edit edit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd be like, I'll, I'll play some copyrighted music or advocate for piracy again. You can just delete it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you in a couple weeks. Peace.